Welcome to your next step of the self-publishing mountain. I'm Matilda Swift, author of Quintessentially British Cozy Mysteries. And I'm Samantha Cummings, author of young adult books about magic, myths and monsters. I've written the books. Changed their covers. Tweaked their blurbs. Tried tools from a dozen ads courses. And I'm still not seeing success. Now, we're working together to plot and plan our way from barely making ends meet to pulling in a living wage. Join us on our journey where we'll be mastering the pen to snag that paycheck. Hello, and welcome to Pen to Paycheck Authors Podcast. I'm Sam Cummings, here with my co-host, Matilda Swift, and we're here to write our way to financial success. We're two indie authors with over a dozen books between us and still a long way to go towards the quit the day drop dream. If that sounds familiar, listen along to our Mastery Through Missteps journey. Each week, we cover a topic to help along the way. This week's topic is going to be resources and platforms. But before we do that, let's do our wins and whinges of the week. So, Matilda, share with us, please, what are your wins and whinges? I am all win this week. Uh, for anyone watching the video, I am wearing a beautiful sort of buttercup yellow hoodie, which has the Pen to Paycheck Authors logo on there, beautifully designed by yourself. Um, it looks fantastic. It feels very comfy. I feel so professional. So it's a big win. I feel like a real <laughs> pro. Um, the other thing is I made a reading nook in my house. I think I mentioned that last week. And mm-hmm. this week I added some finishing touches to it. I turned a little plate rack this is what you might put as like a drying rack by your um sink mm-hmm. on its side drilled to the wall made it a little uh kind of cute rustic looking bookshelf where you just slot in books and then i also added a an led sign that says do what you love with a big pink heart next to it and it lights up and i just sit in there and read by the light of that sign uh listening to music from my childhood because I brought down all the CDs from my dad's attic uh, that go with the hi-fi that's in there. So it just is like the coziest, most self-indulgent nook. So you've got a little bag hung on the wall labeled snacks. I just want to live in there. So that is my absolute big win. And then my other one that we'll come on to a little bit more in a minute is that I did what I said I was going to do. And I actually made an author business plan. Uh, amazing. Uh, it's pink and beautiful comes from the spa girls uh if anyone's wanting to get this it's a free resource provided by the spa girls which is the spa girls podcast spa self-publishing oh self-publishing authors podcast um it was episode 429 how to create your author business plan in it they mentioned there are all sorts of free resources from joanna pen if you google joanna pen pen with a double n you can also find a business plan um resources from her but i really like the spa girls one because it is a pink and beautiful and b it really walks you through every single step that you need um and the podcast kind of talks you along with it doesn't talk you through all the details but keeps you company while you're doing it um and is very comprehensive without being overwhelming so i feel like i've really won everything this week have you also had a winning week i have had a winning week um i started my business plan i did not finish but that's fine like i'm still like happy that i did that um i also did like good grown-up things uh registered with hmrc finally Ooh. which i've been putting off for just a very for long international time what's hmrc um i don't know what it stands for even though like i've dealt with it my entire life <laughs> It's like um, I th- I'm going to guess. I'm pretty sure it's His Majesty's Revenue Collection, something like that. Uh, res- revenue and customs. Revenue and customs. Oh, for all those yes. customs that we deal with. Yes. Yes. Um, um, yes. It's the tax company. The, tax the tax man. They are 
our tax governing body. Um, so mm-hmm. I finally registered as self-employed, which like I've been putting off for years. Um, and I you never don't have really to do it in the UK until you reach a certain level. So it's not that you've been a tax yes. dodger. You have not been required no, no, no. to. 100%. <laughs> you yeah. have to, well, they, they say like you don't really have to do it unless you're earning over a thousand pounds in um, income. And mm-hmm. I have not. So I always put it off. But yeah, I've finally done that just so it's done. And I'm like setting myself up for success because I mm-hmm. will make over a thousand pounds of income. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, I'm, I'm super happy about that. And I also set up a business account, a bank account. Mm. So I'm going to be doing all of my completely legal dealings <laughs> through my <laughs> business. Like obviously my illegal dealings through my personal account. Yeah, my, um, my business account is going to be where everything goes in and comes out. So I've got clear like clear view of everything and I feel like a human being and not mm-hmm. just like a troll that lives under a bridge <laughs> with a laptop yeah with like <laughs> some gold coins in your pocket figuring out what to do with them yeah, like, oh. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I also I'll, I'll continue the wins because um, I also started mm-hmm. posting on the podcast um, Instagram account and t- telling people that the podcast was here and that's been really like I've had, we've had both of us have had such good feedback from people about mm-hmm. it um, so thank you to everybody who's listening and everyone who's given feedback. It's very nice to like to hear that people are like, oh, that's a great idea. Thanks very much. So um, pats on the backs for us and high fives yeah, for everyone. absolutely. <laughs> and if anyone's listening, do share the podcast with people that are mm-hmm. in the same boat as you that want some more self-publishing advice. I have had really great feedback. I put it in a, a Cozy Authors uh, self like Facebook group that is for, in fact, something I'm going to mention later. Um, a clubhouse group uh, which I'm just making a note of to mention because I forgot to mention that <laughs> in my list of resources um but yes I put it in there and cozy authors are all super nice so everyone just gave really positive lovely feedback um but we had some great downloads and yeah please do share the news spread the info to anyone that you think might find it useful yes okay so we're now to our topic of the week which is one that I felt I knew loads about, like I wouldn't really have to do a lot of preparation. And then as soon as I sat down to like start the process of recording this podcast, I realized I haven't read anything down and things like, oh, I forgot to mention Clubhouse. There's a lot of stuff that we take for granted. So we'll go on our, our um, topic for the week, which is platforms and resources, um, which I don't know if you're like me, but I think a lot of them go unnoticed. So it'd be a good time to kind of do a bit of reckoning and share some information with people who are... Um, you know, maybe not using the same platforms we are or just want some information on what other people are using. Yes. Um, who wants to go first, really? Because <laughs> I, I feel like I have less. Okay, so I'm just going to put this out there to everybody okay. who's listening. Um, Matilda is far more in in the deep end when it comes to all of the stuff I think and I'm very much uh, still paddling in the kiddie pool for a lot of things so I I know that I'm going to have far less than Matilda so I'll do well, my fact, can I just interrupt there ones. then what do you think has previously <laughs> yeah. stopped you finding out about platforms and like other resources you're um, using my my not wanting to spend money mentality and mm-hmm. um my head in the sand trying like my being a troll under a bridge with a laptop and gold coins mentality mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, i do think it's a lot of work to find me. out about these things i think i it is you know we've talked about before like i am big on the all the sort of learner intellection strengths um from uh clifton strengths uh i love learning about these things so i 
and also I, as I mentioned before I have a friend who is a very successful self-publisher author who I sat down I took her to a very nice afternoon tea that I got given as a present and I just used the opportunity to bombard her with all my questions and she said use this don't use this try this here's x y and z you can be doing and that felt like such a shortcut and I cannot imagine what it would be like to come into it without somebody to tell you all that so that's kind of what I'm hoping it'll be useful today is if we go through things and it'll be like a I never know how to pronounce the word is it primer or primer I think Americans say primer and I would say primer um on tools that you can use or that's worth you looking into and considering Mm -hmm. as a kind of relatively newer author yes so my first thing that I'm going to mention which I actually didn't think about until like just this second is Mm -hmm. Facebook groups (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I think that being involved in Facebook groups is a fantastic resource Um, just things from finding other authors in your genre um, finding readers of your genre and finding like what they're reading and what they're into and also like I think one that I didn't know about until another author friend told me about was uh, Facebook groups to do like pre-made book covers Mm -hmm. um, which and up until that point I didn't know that that existed until my friend told me about it and then I was like oh Okay. (laughs) There are people. How do you find Facebook groups that are useful? I mostly, if I'm being honest, um, I've been like suggested ones by friends, and Mm -hmm. I also just kind of in the search bar in Facebook type in like obviously I'm writing for young adults, so I type in young adult writers, Mm -hmm. um, and then just see the suggested ones that come up. And personally, I kind of look for groups that have got a around a thousand to two thousand people in. Because mm-hmm. and maybe like a little bit more, but sometimes I find like the bigger groups are a bit too overwhelming, or there's there's kind of too much going on for me to keep up. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just have to find your own personal sweet spot of how much you want to be invested and how much time you want to spend and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think like, I think Facebook I tend to look at frequency are... of posting. So I'm looking at like frequency. a group yeah. that is posting. It tells you how many times I post a week. If it's not posting last week, I'm not going to join. It's not active enough yes. to be worthwhile yeah. being a member of. Yeah, yes, you want to be somewhere where people are like Ariel um so So I would say if you're brand new want to just get started with which is a really really big group is the 20 books to 50k group Mm -hmm. um which I don't know whether it's going to change its name at some point I think currently there's no plans to but I know 20 books 50k as a brand is separated some things off so I can imagine at some point they will you know end up developing or changing in some direction but currently it's called 20 books 50k if you google that you can probably figure out what it's called if it's ever changed its name um you know these things do go away sometimes there used to be k boards which was a really really big forum um online um in the writer's cafe it was called kindle boards for a while i think they got made to change into k boards used to be really active in like the beginning of self-publishing and now is you can still go on there but it is really empty um and you know these groups do change but it's good to start with a big one people in there sometimes recommend smaller groups so 20 books to 50k is a good one to start with it's you can tell from the title kind of what the mentality is so it might not be that it 100 fits with your idea of what you want to get out of publishing but it's a good group to start with and to see what things are being mentioned often to at least give you an idea of you know what to pay attention to whether you like or don't like it yeah you get equal amounts of enthusiastic feelings of joy and hope and um, Mm -hmm. mixed with the oh my god how would I ever compete or do what they're doing (laughs) Mm-hmm. but but the but the good stuff like the highlights that make you feel good and like you're on like a path where you can achieve things is fantastic absolutely fantastic group yeah I do like and you one. can search for 
a solution to a problem if you've got one just by searching in there. Yes. It's probably been answered yeah. before. Mm-hmm. Um, one of, because most of my platforms are free with the option to buy like accounts mm-hmm. and things, but as a cheapskate, I always go for the free versions. Um, I would Canva say a bootstrapper is, maybe is a nicer a way of thinking about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I'm a cheapskate. Um, I'm a saver is what I am. Mm, I love, thrifty. Um, I'm thrifty. I love Canva. And I'm going to mm-hmm. uh, list that as one of my most used platforms. Yeah, for... it's on my list as well. Absolutely love it. What yeah. do you use it for? Um, for all sorts of um, social posts, coming up yeah. with yeah, our logo. designing logos. <laughs> I made our logo on there. Mm-hmm. Um, book covers or even maybe not even like final book covers, but I love storyboarding book covers in Canva. Um, and like mood boards. I love doing a mood board. So mm-hmm. I, I tend to do a lot of mood boards and yeah, like book promo-y things um I do love you Canva. share those um, with readers the mood boards yes yeah mm-hmm. so I do I tend to post them on socials um and I put them in my emails as well mm-hmm. so I love doing that um I would say in connection to Canva I use a website called book brush which is mm-hmm. where you can get uh, mock-ups of your books done um and I tend to I've got a free account there you get a limited amount of um, things that you can generate and then I'll like then whack them into Canva and, and fancy them up and when you say yeah. mock-ups do you use a 3d um yes like yes. ebooks and paper nice, books yeah, yeah and they do um they do the really cool cover design um the cover mm. reveal is the word I'm looking for the cover reveal ones where it's mm. like the book with paper on it and like a bit torn out which mm-hmm. you can see all over um, when people are teasing their books and stuff mm-hmm. and so that's a really cool one yeah, that, that is what I use it for as well. A book I feel out, like yeah, it's, it's slightly really like I think because I'm so used to Canva, I feel like book brushes sometimes slightly counterintuitive. I'm like, I know mm. there's tool in here that's the thing I want to do, and I can't find which section it's under. So it, it can be frustrating, it but it's janky. so worth it. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't it's, call it janky to its face though, because it's really trying hard. No, and it's really got a great very, set of tools now. It's trying hard. It's it's not happy to show you what's kind of free and not free. It really yeah. wants you to figure it out by clicking. So it's mm. so, it's not very intuitive, but it does have the things you need mostly. Mm-hmm. I would say like ninety percent of the time I get what I want, and then yeah, if I can't if I can't like access something, then I just like take a a book cover out, download it, whack it over to Canva, and finish off what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So it's a good one. Um, I also I, I'm going to mention this, although I know that this is kind of a privileged position, but I do have Photoshop. Mm-hmm. Um, Adobe is a very expensive tool to have, an uh, expensive resource. I get it through my day job, and I I do put it to use. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, um, I yeah, I do like having Photoshop, but there are free versions that you can get online. There's one called Photopia, which mm-hmm. is um, basically exactly the same as Photoshop, and is it's that free. photo and then P I A Photopia? That's how um, I pronounce I think it. It's P P E A P E A. Pia. I don't know. I never know if I'm pronouncing things right. But that is um, a, a basic clone of Photoshop. Free, mm-hmm. very easy to use. You can do you can do everything that Photoshop can do. Um, mm-hmm. It's just is it um, browser based? I feel like I've used it before, and it is it is browser based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've used it before when I've been like locked out. I get locked out of all my accounts. So I'm just going to put that out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I touch breaks. So it's always nice to know that there's an online version of something that you can use. So if you don't want to pay for an Adobe suite, mm-hmm. um, Photopia is 
a very nice alternative. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? What else have I got here? I'm our list Trello as my one of mm-hmm. my most used. Trello is a um, like a planning tool, which is kind of like a, a pinboardy way to sort out your thoughts and stuff. So I tend to use it to plan mm-hmm. stories. I know that other people plan stories um, in spreadsheets and things. I like to use Trello boards. There's another name for it. Is it Kanban? Kanban boards? Is it, is yeah. It like the term? I feel like that's what you call it if you're a super professional. So a I super use professional it for Yeah. Yes, a Kanban. But I think a Kanban, Kanban is like board. is when it's set up in a very specific way. And I think Kanbans, you move them along depending on their state. So whether they're like yes. started, done, under, yeah, completed. Yes. So, um, and I, I use do it tend work to do that. as just a to-do list. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. so I use them at work. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So I love Trello. Um, bah, 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 and it's free. You get the free account Trello is more is than you free. possibly need. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I have run out of boards, but it's only because... Uh, <laughs> I like set up boards for all sorts of things. And then I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I can delete this board because I actually don't need it. So mm-hmm. I just do all my planning on there. It's fantastic. Um, other free things. Let's not forget email systems, MailChimp or MailerLite. I use MailChimp. Mm, um, and I'm, I really? will be moving to... Yes, I know. <laughs> I am moving. I'm so shocked. <laughs> what? I feel like it's because... Oh. Everybody moved like two years ago who had a paid account mm-hmm. because MailChimp got so atrociously expensive for paid accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, I still so, yeah, have the I feel free like account. I don't know else is on MailChimp still. Yeah, I, I have the free account. I don't, I didn't move away from it because obviously I'm not paying, but also I just like, I have all of my automations set up and mm-hmm. I have like, I just, it's such a big admin job to move it over to MailerLite, but I am like 90% there. So mm-hmm. at the end of this month, I will be on MailerLite. But right now I'm MailChimp. So if you're looking for a free account, it's good enough. Uh, MailerLite is a nicer, a much nicer um, system to use. But yeah, Mail- MailChimp's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm with MailerLite. So I'm going to have to move mm-hmm. inside MailerLite from the classic to the new, which I'm really looking forward to because you can't transfer your automations. And again, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. But actually, I think it'll be... Yeah so useful because I've got so many janky old automations that I haven't looked at mm-hmm. that probably have some dead ends or they they accidentally go in a circle or they refer to a book that doesn't isn't the right oh it's like brand new book and it was out two years ago so yeah it, I have on my to-do list every month I like review things like your automations review websites I don't do it and I haven't built in a way to do that so I feel like at least with mail mail like forcing me to do it I am appreciative while resentful yes <laughs> and you just mentioned another thing that probably we should mention is uh, websites mm-hmm. so website is um is a resource it's um, a platform that you i think that you should have i know that there are people out there who believe that they don't need a website and mm-hmm. i get it because it's an investment and it's a continuous investment and sometimes you don't see it as being important because you think people can just go to amazon or something but I personally love going on other authors' websites and seeing what they're doing and signing up to mailing lists and stuff. So mm. I love it. And also I make and do websites as a, like for a living. So I'm <laughs> like really into websites. Um, and I use Squarespace. And I have used every kind of website you can imagine. Um, mm-hmm. I've been on them all. 
I've I've tweaked them all. I've like done other people's websites, and I just um, I like Squarespace personally. Um, Do you get your I've domain through Squarespace as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's all yeah, it's all tied in, which is nice. Um, I've used Wix before, but for like I've done work on other people's websites, Wix, and I don't I don't personally like Wix. Obviously, WordPress is like the one that a lot of people use. WordPress is a good one. And I would say that I probably It's not spend... easy, I would say, is the issue with WordPress. Um, WordPress is not got... Unless you use it a lot, the operating yeah. system, like the whole behind-the-scenes stuff is really complicated because they have their kind of... Um, their WordPress.com stuff, which is like what most people are using, uses the exact same admin as WordPress.org, and that's like... Mm the more robust system, but it doesn't really translate back. It just makes it overly complicated. But if you know what you're doing, yeah. but and if, if you're not aware <laughs> WordPress.com is meant to be the easier, sort of more drag and droppy for it's anyone, WordPress.com. Yeah. And WordPress.org is meant to be, you can build it, you can really customise it quite a lot. I would say they're both yes. not not widely user-friendly for somebody who doesn't love tech or like use some sort of no. tech in their day-to-day job. Um, yeah. I've got .org and I think... Mm. I, it puts me off doing changes because it's a lot of work mm-hmm. just to remember where things well, are again it's not actually and like I use wordpress.org in my day job I, I'm regularly in it <laughs> like I, I'm regularly in it but it's just like it's yeah. it's I think like a lot of things you talk about recently like it's a lot of like decision fatigue you have to think about it you have to mm-hmm. look again at where it is it's not just like oh hop and do that but like you only update it every couple of months so it's yeah. it's the drain that I don't really want yeah um squarespace I think um what's the other one shopify i guess if you're looking to well squarespace has paid like shop options as well but they're mm. like very um very easy to manage and have nice drag and drop elements um the user interface is very friendly very um very modern and very intuitive everything is where you expect it to be so i really really enjoy squarespace um i have got two or three websites that I look after on Squarespace and I think it's a nice one. It's not too expensive. Mm. Uh, I think I pay maybe 200 250 a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my domain is like £16 a year or something. So like it's, you know, if, we, if you look at it over, over it's like what kind of value it offers, I think that it, it's a nice, it's a nice amount of to pay for a year. Mm. <laughs> I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so web websites are great. Are you considering maybe moving to a different provider? No, I, <laughs> I can't. I don't want to do the effort. I don't want to do the work of it. I definitely want to overhaul my website, but I, mm. I think because I use WordPress.org in my day, daily life, I find it very manageable to make the changes. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't want to. So I, I just need yeah. to, like with everything this year, I'm trying to make myself better systems. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of it is, think there are a lot of things in self-publishing that you maybe only do at publication time or you maybe only do a couple times a year that you think you're going to remember and you don't remember. So this year, one of my yes. big projects is uh, make myself some process charts and just follow those and stop having to relearn everything every time. Yeah. So I will, definitely... I will be sticking with WordPress, but I don't, yeah. I don't see, I don't think it's the funnest part of what I do. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. But mm-hmm. if you're going to stick with it, on your head be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. Um, okay, I think my last thing 
Um, and this will definitely be a source of contention for you is that I have Vellum, which is a formatting mm. software. And it's not um, free. And it's not free, but it's, it was a one payment deal. So mm-hmm. when I have to pay for something once, I'm like, yeah, I can do that. One payment. I can afford it. Don't have to think about it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's funny because I don't actually really often format my own books because I've got a friend <laughs> I have got a formatter and she tends to work on my on my books. Um I just have it as like a backup for um formatting like arcs and things to send out to people. because uh, it's a lot quicker for me do to be able to format the, my arcs. The files from her, the formatting files, so you can edit stuff. Or do you have to send her no, edits? She yeah, I have to send her edits. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's so the main reason she... why people get vellum is because they Yes. They don't want to have to update back matter with somebody you have to pay for every time you yeah. do that. Um Mm-hmm. so vellum is She's very a... nice she does it for free yeah <laughs> we don't all have a wedding <laughs> friend so some people no, pay for matter or yes. they buy something like vellum or atticus i think does the same job mm-hmm. where you and when we say formatting i mean turning what is your word file into whatever ebook format you need and yes i don't do that so mm-hmm. i could talk about it in a minute but if i might talk about it now so i use draft to digital and draft to digital is a completely free tool which you upload your manuscript you upload your word file you upload your cover you um have you've had to in your word file format certain things you've had to format uh your headers you've had to that's maybe the only thing you have to do. And you have to make sure your chapter headers have got chapter headers, that so they're not just text. And then it picks it up and it knows to put them on certain pages. It's got ebook version. It's got a paperback version. I think it's even got a hardbook version. So you just go through and you format each of those and then it spits out the file that you need to put it into Amazon. And the reason why I, I feel fine to do that for Crazy Mysteries is because it's not a um, highly visual type of ebook. So it doesn't need a fancy chapter header. It just needs the number one at the top. And that's done. It just doesn't need like a you know big capital fancy at the beginning of chapters. It doesn't need style. Like you don't notice it missing in the way that you would do in YA fantasy, for example. So yes, I would say if I can remember that phrase where like you cut your cloth to match your purse wallet. I don't know what the phrase is. Something like, I mean, like that. I, yeah. yeah. As in, I think a lot of people as a default will buy a program like Vellum. Mm-hmm. um thinking they need it and you absolutely don't need it if if I, you, I would say you flat don't need it and i i i think i'm that is why it's contentious i think you absolutely don't need it yeah i think it is a luxury that if yes. your genre is more likely to have people who like some sort of visual elements in their books that you should consider it as an add-on but i don't think you need it i think a lot of people act like you need it and you can yep. make an incredibly easy good looking ebook paperback as well with draft digital and it is such a good service um, i yeah, agree very I think for the majority of people write just writing fiction or um like cozy mysteries for majority of the genres i think having a drop cap having a chapter image or um fun little stylistic things throughout a book if it's not a thing in your genre don't pay for it because you're paying for frills when like people don't want frills um for young adult books obviously um my genre people expect the fancy fonts um the c 
scene breaks to have little illustrated things or like um, tiny images that represent which character POV you're in and, and all that fun stuff. So it was an investment that I was happy to make, mm. but I wouldn't suggest it for everybody. Mm. Um, and the same for using a formatter. I think a lot of people send up formatters yes. and I think they especially do that when they first start because they think it's going to be really hard to do. Mm-hmm. I think I think it did used to be really hard to do. It used to be incredibly tedious and difficult to do with a Word document and you would try it and make a mistake. It's a bit like trying to put graphics, like images in a Word document. You would try it and then instantly you'd move something you would get absolutely messed up. It's not like that anymore. You used to digital, at least try it. Um, is a great service that I sort of can't believe people give away for free. So mm. thank you, Draft Digital. <laughs> um, we'll wait for their check in the mail. <laughs> I mean, I will give them a check one day. Yeah. They are fantastic. Um, yeah, they also, they, I mean, that's not what they really do, right? What they really do is they um, they distribute books. But for free, they will also let you make your ebooks and paperback books with them, the files that you need to upload to Amazon and the other um, platforms. Well, that is a fantastic service. So everybody go and create an account <laughs> and just yeah. get get to formatting. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, I think is that's that the, everything. That's everything Sorry, on my list. Wrong. Okay. Yes, okay, that's so everything that on my list. I've got a really long list. I thought today would be a really I short. Know. <laughs> no, I, I had a feeling that your list would be a lot longer than yeah. mine. It is, but I'm, I'm going to just zip through some of them because some of them are yeah. similar to what you've had or... It's just worth mentioning and then people can look them up if they want to go and look into it. I would say, like you, I, I, I'm i not willing to spend money on a product if I don't need it. Um, and I, I think there's enough products out there and enough courses out there, enough resources out there that want your money, that you should be very careful about what you spend money on. I think there's some things that I spent money on that I don't get enough use out of and on my to-do list is things like make sure you find a way to get a better use out of this um just because it's um it's maybe slightly difficult to use or I don't need to use it it's like if I had bought vellum I wouldn't use it you know Mm -hmm. I wouldn't get the use out of it um and yeah what else people have what's the one that you do all their formatting in like what they do all their instead of word Scrivener Scrivener yeah again Mm -hmm. if I had Scrivener I probably wouldn't use it because I get frustrated and be like, I just use Word, it's easy enough. Um, so I think there are platforms and resources that lots of people use and lots of people really like that you don't need to use. And I would say try all the, f- the free thing first before you think you have yes. to do it. So yes. also Scriv- that I, definitely... Scrivener, I was just going to say, Scrivener will hold your hold your things hostage because when they when they um, when they changed, like, well, for me personally, they upgraded their systems and decided that my computer was no longer um a viable option for them um mm-hmm. they basically cut me out and then told me that the only way to get my files was to find somebody basically with an account who could get them for me and send them because i could no longer access them and um, i'm sure i've got a few books that i have lost because of that so just i'm very wary of scrivener <laughs> and yeah. like, i mean i've had great i've had great experience with them as well i think people who love it yes. really love it yes um, but yeah, and I but like with any of these things, like you don't own it, right? Like I have Microsoft 365. I no longer even own Word. Like when it's yeah. gone, it's gone. Um, yeah. But I feel confident I could very easily get get the files out again. Everyone's got Word, whereas not mm-hmm. everyone's got Scrivener. Um, yes. It is, 
yeah, you're dealing with another possible obstacle in your path if something goes wrong. Yes. Um, yeah, so I will, I'll try and run through mine relatively quickly. Um, okay. Some of them are similar to yours, but just I use like different things. So I use MailerLite instead of MailChimp, um, which I think a lot of people, there are lots and lots of other options out there. I, I keep hearing Flowdesk around quite a lot um, that people are switching to because it's it's work to switch from the old MailerLite to new MailerLite. People are kind of taking that chance to reevaluate things. Um, I am sticking with MailerLite. I use it for work, um, so I'm very familiar with it. I think the help desk is actually incredibly good. The help staff there are really, really good. I don't know, I would say part of it is because I think they're based in Europe, so they're often available at my times. So I don't know. I think I maybe email them at weird times of day. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they are they're excellent and they can resolve anything. And they've got a lot of help resources online and the the tools like the actual builder is really simple and and looks very good so yeah i really like MailerLite. it's not even that expensive as you grow it feels very reasonable as you get more and more subscribers if it it doesn't hit a point like mailchimp changed to to do because it came to be not really just for um email people It, it, it wanted to be a broader product so as soon as you went up certain categories it would just balloon in cost and it wasn't really yes. met set up people who are self-publishing whereas MailerLite is really inclusive you can definitely use it as a self-published author you can feel like if my mailing list is this size I'm probably bringing this much money that means the cost for the, pla- the package is reasonable um so yeah I love that one thing that I always sort of think of as being paired with it they're integrated and I use them together is book funnel um mm-hmm. there's also story origin is another similar one that I have tried um I found that story origin didn't have enough um group promos that suited me so book final is a place where you put your book and it's a way that you can give your book away um in a controlled manner so either you can have it completely unlisted and use it to send out arcs um advanced reader copies um or even prize copies uh kind of there's a few different ways you might want to use it and it tracks them very well or you can have a free book on there so i have got my prequel novellas on there which i also have as paperback versions on amazon but i don't have the ebook versions on there because i am um in fact they do have the ebook but they're not in kdp that's what i was gonna say um, i'm in kdp for the rest of my books but not for those so i can i can put them on here um and i give them away i join group promos which means other authors who have got similar audiences to mine will put a link in their newsletter saying 60 free crazy mysteries this week and their readers love crazy mysteries they'll download them they'll then go on to read the other books in my series i have found it incredibly um beneficial some people and i don't know if it's genre specific um or just their experience some people find it or they experience it as as building a, a big audience of people who are really only interested in free books but i really for a long time didn't do anything else that was like marketing or advertising and i made plenty of sales that way so book funnel is great people sign up you can click to say they have to sign up to newsletter or they don't have to and then the news the email list email goes through to your list and mail light so it's fantastic it's not very expensive and again the, the support team there is wonderful like they are incredibly supportive they also help read a lot so it means a lot to be able to send out an email and say get these free books if you've got a problem the book funnel people will help you rather than I'm so sorry. I don't know how book funnel works. I can't get the book for you. The technical capacity is beyond me. You don't have to say that. You don't have to think about it. Book funnel people are incredibly helpful. Um, but yes, likewise, there is story origin. There is also prolific works. There's two other 
um, sites that you can consider. I, I, they, I think they both have free versions. Um, but for me, I have really found Bookfile to be the most suitable to my genre and the use I put it to. But worth having a look at all of them. Um, then I have mentioned Draft Digital. You mentioned Canva and Bookbrush, both of which are on my list. Another thing that's that's on my list is Books to Read, and that is two with a two. And Books to Read is really good because I'm a UK-based author, but most of my audience is based in the US, but not all of them. And in Books to Read, what you do is you put in your book link. I put in Amazon because that's where my books are. I don't have many else, but you can just put in a link and it will find your book elsewhere as well. You can put in the ISBN, it will find your book wherever it is. It collates all of the links that you have into a universal link. So you can just put this link and you can personalize it. So I have links that are just the title of my book. So it'll be, the link is like books to read forward slash the slay of the land, my first book. I can put that anywhere. So I link that in my newsletter. When someone clicks on it, it either takes them to a little landing page, which says like, pick your platform, Amazon, Kobo, wherever you are, pick your country and it'll know like UK, US. And it can remember the settings. Um, But the first time it goes through, you have to click that, but it helps you put one link in and know it's going to take everyone to where they belong rather than saying I think everyone's in the US let me put just the US Amazon link in not everyone wants Amazon not everyone wants the US only books to read is great also free um they are fantastic it is a great service very very easy and it remembers all of your links you can log in and find them all um I think it's actually made by the draft digital people if I remember correctly um both of them have got a two for the to it's the number two so I would guess that is correct. Um, my other platform is KDP. So if, um, yeah, I think it's worth thinking of KDP as a resource rather than just like people kind of mix up the terms Amazon and KDP. Uh, also worth, I think, just just thinking and making sure you've got the right kind of pages open. Um, so there is the, like the KDP home where you put all your books um there's the kdp reports um where you get all your information out so there are various tools that come out of being kdp um sort of similarly i also have book reports which is free up to a certain level which i can't remember what it is um but book reports it gives you a lot of the same information as um as the KDP reports, but you can process it much more easily over time. So it gives you nice pie charts. You can look at countries, formats. Um, you can look at which books sell more and which ones sell more in different, yeah, in different places. It, it It's a nice way of looking at things, trends over time. So I would recommend Book Reports. It is, as far as I'm aware, just run by one guy um, who was, again, very good support. I think that is the overriding theme of companies that work well in self-publishing spaces you have to give good support because we are not i have tech i have recently tech stopped him <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah I, i'm just leaving him alone for a bit i think <laughs> this is probably so a you problem though right just link back to it's your a, a yeah. 100% a me problem um i my aversion to technology or technology's aversion to me mm-hmm. um which is what i said to him like i don't think this is a book report problem i think this mm. is a sam problem <laughs> so. yeah just, I'm going to wait till like next week, but then I'm going to email him again. Um, it's a great way to build a relationship with someone. <laughs> exactly. And he's very personal. Good working so, relationship. Yes. 
Yes. Um, but yeah, so book report is a great thing to just, and all you have to do is link and authorize it to access your KDP um, and it accesses the information from there in a different format. Um, another thing that I have that is sort of connected to KDP, it used to be called KDP Rocket. It's now changed its name to Publisher Rocket. So if you hear either of those, it's the same product. Um, this is a product that I have that I do not use enough. It is on my list of it's on my to-do list of make more use of publisher rocket um i bought it because i bought it before i really needed it at some point it's going to go to a subscription model um they, they've been quite um open about that but when i bought it it was just a single fee and it was a forever fee so i was like i'll just buy it now because i know at some point i'll want it it's great for competitor research it's great for keyword research and i don't do enough of either of those so it's got category info. You can look by country, look up books in it, and it gives you loads of information. You can look up a competitor book and see what categories it's listed under. Um, you can look up people and see their ranking. Tons of information you can look up. It's great. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it does almost too much for me right now, and I just need to make better use of it. So worth looking up and worth finding out if you think it's useful to you, Publisher Rocket. Um, I believe it's by the same people that make Atticus. Is that correct? Yeah, Dave yes. Chesson, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, worth just going on Dave Chesson's website because he's got loads of yeah. information on there. He constantly gives away like free resources, free information. He's very, very, up, very especially good. on yeah, yeah, especially up on like keywords and categories. Really knows. Yeah, as soon as those change, go to Dave Chesson's website and find out what he's telling yeah. you to do about it. Subscribe to the emails, and you will yeah, you will get such good information sent directly to you. It's. Um, he does a great job, very mm-hmm. inclusive. And yeah, you really get a lot of value from being involved in some way <laughs> in, mm-hmm. in what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I'd just like to say as well, uh, for the next 23 hours, this probably won't help people because we're not <laughs> going to publish this till Wednesday, but it's uh-huh. currently only $97 for a lifetime license. So... <laughs> Okay, I think that's pretty that's, much what I bought it for. So good. I think there are relatively regular sales on it. Um, so I would say pick a time that you think is likely to be a sale in the US, you know, yeah. like maybe Independence Day or mm-hmm. um, Thanksgiving, and I guess probably a sale around there. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think I don't get enough value out of it. I think that's a me problem, not a Dave Chesson and Publisher Rocket problem. Um, other things on my list, I've got um, Goodreads. Which, oh, in fact, no, I'm going to put another one down with Goodreads. I'm going to do Goodreads and BookBub (laughs) together. So Goodreads and BookBub are both places that you should just make sure you are listing your books and that the listings are correct for audiobooks, that when you change the cover, you change it on both of those. Um, People do not like to have the wrong cover on on Goodreads. They are very particular about it. Um, I have received complaints because I put up a... um, a sort of a, a placeholder cover before I put up a cover on a pre-order occasionally and it will feed through to Goodreads and if you don't correct it people say oh it's a shame the right cover isn't here um yes, which the, I get and it's great it's a social platform for like engaging with something yes. you love you want to look correct the downside I find of Goodreads is um you can't really update your own stuff so once you've put stuff on you can't change your author name and you can't often change your book information without contacting their support team to do it for you. So that's that's my only downside um, and something yeah, that I'm just living I, with. <laughs> I think I joined Goodreads long enough ago that they had different settings people that joined a while ago. Mm-hmm. So I can change yeah. quite a lot of mine. Like I can change my covers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I know some people cannot and like I can I can add a book um, I can change things about books but a lot of people cannot and basically the tool yep. for that is join one of the author Facebook groups as I mentioned and ask in there is anybody a Goodreads librarian can you please help me because that's yes, what they call themselves people who can make changes yes yeah. that's a very very All, good I mean, the librarians um, are Goodreads they're volunteers and they are very helpful they're yep. in the Goodreads forum you can access them and ask them for help but if you can be friendly with someone who is a Goodreads librarian that I know goes a long way to getting things fixed for you um yeah but I think a lot of authors try and ignore Goodreads um because they have heard bad things about it in some genres it can be a bit of a toxic place looking at reviews people get very concerned when they see a one-star review and they think oh it's a one-star review sometimes people on Goodreads I don't know if it's true but I hear it a lot they will one-star something as a way to say I want to read this and they come back and they look at their one-star reviews and they they know what they want to read no idea if that's true I've heard it often but also I don't really care um Mm -hmm. I think generally Goodreads is not for authors it's for readers that's what you hear a lot reviews are not for authors they're for readers um your job in in interacting with Goodreads if you only want one job is just to make sure your listings are correct that is like what you can do for readers it can be helpful if you are not going to be um upset by it and there's no point upsetting yourself you're not gonna be upset by it It it's worth looking at the reviews on there to see are consistent things coming up um i think it's worth knowing that good reviews are lower than amazon reviews because it's a social network you're reviewing things for your friends and people can be very honest on that um so you often find it is like a good star point lower the people uh, that use Goodreads use it in a way mm-hmm. that's completely different than people who review books mm-hmm. on Amazon. They, it's just it is a completely different beast, and you just have to accept that. Yeah, if you want to listen to a good episode about it, um, Novel Marketing, the podcast, which I think is hosted by Thomas Umstead Jr. So Novel Marketing had an episode quite a while ago. It was called How to Use Goodreads to Promote Your Book. Um, it's a recent one. So if you just search Goodreads on their feed, you'll find a few Goodreads posts because Goodreads changes every so often. Um, and they used to have quite different, they often change their regulations about Goodreads giveaways. Um, mm-hmm. So I know in that episode, he references one that he did a year earlier and said, if you listen to this, make sure that you don't listen to the information in the previous one because it's now out of date. Um, but that one I think is worth listening to if you think you want to make more use of, of Goodreads. Um, I don't right now. But I do feel like I, again, cozy mystery, cozy mystery readers are quite nice. So I don't think the reason they are very <laughs> negative, but I know for some genres they really are. And people just don't read it because who needs that negativity? Bookbub is also sort of a place where people will f- somewhat interact and the way they do on Goodreads, but not so much. But they will follow people. Um, they will like and they'll wedge they've read things. So when you publish a book goodreads sends out a free alert to your people who follow you just samerson does if you've got followers there it's a little bit of a pain to try and encourage people to follow you in 17 different places but it kind of gives them options so i have my book bub in the footer of my email the so the like little social button the same for goodreads um yeah i think people often think of book bub as just a place to try to get a very expensive book promo um you can also do advertising there but it is also worth just making sure you're information is up to date on there and, and just claim your author profile that's definitely the minimum minimum you have to do on both goodreads and amazon uh, goodreads and bookbub claim your author profile yeah um i've still got several things i'll go very fast um like <laughs> sam uses trello i love notion and i use notion for organizing everything it's 
um it's more fluid and it has more different types of templates so i think it is worth trying out trello and notion as ways to store information as ways to plan your books both are great both have fantastic free options and lots of online templates um clubhouse i mentioned earlier um offhand clubhouse came about maybe or it came became big just before the pandemic and it's i I don't really know what inspired it to exist because there wasn't a hole for it. I'm not sure I would use it if other people didn't use it that I know, but it is useful. Um, so Clubhouse is, and it sounds sort of crazy, it's a bit like like old CB radio channels. So someone will yeah. set up a room and it's like a Zoom room, but anyone can hop in. So anyone can join. There are some that are private, you have to approve to join, I think. Um, but anyone can hop in. You have to be invited up to speak. In most rooms, that's a setting. Um, you can put your hand up to speak. There are great clubhouse rooms for authors. I think it can be tricky to find them. Um, I think I only really do it because I know friends from going to self-publishing show who do it and found some great groups. And I'm in it with people that I know in real life. Um, and they are very good. I'm in one that is just for cozies and that's you know great to be in that room where we talk about often just general self-publishing things but with a cozy twist so it feels very relevant it feels worth an hour of my time once a week to listen to that there's also a great daily one um that is just for self-published authors and you will recognize a lot of the names in there or very successful well-known authors but also people who are just on day one um and it's you see the same people in there they talk about things that are news uh so if you see an update such as the updates at the moment with all the dmark um email authorization people discuss that so you know what's coming up you know where to find more resources it's a great sharing platform um i would say you can join clubhouse and just search for maybe somebody in your genre ideally you'd know a friend who could kind of show you the groups to join but also if you search on facebook most clubhouse groups also have a facebook group because it's quite hard to share information in the chat and in any kind of permanent way so both the groups i'm in have facebook associated groups if you maybe just search clubhouse authors facebook you might find something um it is has been surprisingly useful and i find it weird but helpful um Two, I'm down to the last two-ish things. So two that go together are I use WordPress.org and it's hosted on Bluehost. The reason for that is because that's what Joanna Penn does and Joanna Penn knows everything. So I just do what she does. And if you just Google how to set up a website and Joanna Penn, that's Penn with a double N. She has a whole page just talking you through it. Um, I think she might have taken down her main page talking you through it in fact, because I think the theme that I use that she used to use is now no longer supported or being updated. So she thinks she's something different, but I'm sure you'll be able to find something on her site about setting up websites. Um, I found it really intimidating to figure out hosting and I still, I'm not entirely sure I know what hosting is or how I own a domain or why it costs me so much money. I have slightly more techie friends that I send things to when I'm stuck, but it, yeah, it is all you have to do is like just find an author that you trust and, and follow what they did because otherwise you know, again, just like we said last week, you don't become a social media marketing expert. You also, or two weeks ago, you also don't want to become a website expert. Just pick the one that suits your needs and that is easy enough and you will update it yourself. Again, this is one where, like formatting, I would not farm out because you have to pay to every, for every update. It is worth finding a site that you can manage yourself um, because you will add books regularly to it. Um, last thing on my list is uh, ads for authors. The ads for authors course 
um, which I put on because it, it is something that I use fairly regularly. Um, huge amount of information on there. It was very expensive. The information I think is a wealth of information. Um, I would not recommend everybody signs up to it at any point early in what they're doing. There are cheaper and earlier courses, even in the same like in the same um, company. So there's the um, one I one course. I think it's called Launchpad now um, that they do. Uh, but I I have found it useful, and I think I would have never set up Facebook ads without it. And I go to the SPS conference every year and I love it. And it's kind of linked to people that, that set that up. So that is my very long list of things that I use. Um, and I would say most of them are free because I, yes. actually, the reason why I thought I wouldn't, I wouldn't have too much work on it is because when I made my beautiful pink business plan, I wrote down a list of things that I pay for and it was quite short. So I was like, oh, I don't really use many resources, but obviously I do. Um, it's very useful to talk about all of them because over the next few weeks we're doing um kind of lots of things about branding and the ways in which we are present as authors and we will just keep mentioning these platforms over and over again and it will be really hard for somebody who is kind of coming in at the new rent who does not know what book funnel is does not know what um book report is what book brush is what canva is um so just having like a I listen through on this and I listen to and just start googling from that like just see what is this other similar products um you know you can always google the name of something and then similar and it will bring up tons of listings so just good to have a place to start uh rather than just getting a couple years down the line and thinking I keep hearing about book funnel it's too late to ask what it is and I don't really know now (laughs) should I have it (laughs) not not singling you out here it's fine everyone listening i am the bad seed no (laughs) i'm I'm here to show you i'm like the what not to do but that's fine i don't mind being a lesson (laughs) but then you have you know published books without it like you can do whatever you want it's a lesson in like you can go out any way you want to yeah yeah i think it's just i think this is a hard mountain to climb yeah you know i've just listed off over a dozen platforms that I use very regularly um that I had to figure out how to use that I have to remember different passwords for that I have to remember where to mm. click in each one of them every time and it feels exhausting and it is more exhausting to have to actually find those things from scratch without knowing anybody um so yes. hopefully this has helped people at least get a you know foot on the ladder with knowing what these things are yep yes well I think that's <laughs> I think we can just like wrap that up. Um, I'm so for, sorry, that's been yeah. such a short episode. Yeah, I know. Um, next week's topic, we are diving into um, the focused podcast on branding and being. So we're going to be talking about our niches, 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 however mm. you want to say it. Um, yeah, so we're going to be really like diving into our niches where we we kind of have done a little bit of work on this before we started in the podcast. So what are your thoughts right now on that? yeah my thought is definitely how do you pronounce niche or niche uh i think the english pronunciation is niche but i do really like you know there's so many fun slogans in self-publishing and people do say like niches get riches and i do love that it uh-huh. makes you feel really cool um yes so you don't want to I say like niches, niches get riches yeah that sounds weird <laughs> also i think niches sounds a bit lower like um 
sharp and to the point. So I think yes. I'm going to say niche. And because you was like, you niche down. You okay. can't really niche down. It sounds a bit fussy. I, I, niche, I niche down, but that's fine. We're, we we are <laughs> two sides of the same coin. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. So I think this is going to be really useful because we, this is the first topic that I think we really got into together. And it's one yes. where we thought, by next week, let's have worked out our niche, our niche. Um, and that was the first time we realized like, oh, we are starting too big with things. So I think it will be useful mm-hmm. to come and kind of review where we're up to and what we found hard about the process of figuring out our niches and where we're at right now and what we need to do next, um, rather than yes. have somebody listen to the painstaking journey of us thinking, oh, I've made a mistake. I need to go back 10 steps. So hopefully yeah. it'll be useful. Have you got any other thoughts to add to that? Um. No, I think because I kind of it's been I've been mulling over it for like a good few months. I'm just excited to get back to it because you pick so many things up when you're doing like planning and and uh, mindset stuff, and then you you can't carry them all at once. So it's on a post-it on my board. Niches, and so mm-hmm. I'm I'm so happy that I'll be able to take that off, like, and just like actually finish what I started. Yeah, I think it's it's useful for us to come back to it because I think we had a lot of thoughts about like, what is niche, what is branding, and then kind of what is mm. our, what are we writing? Like, I think we yeah. it brought up a lot of existential questions that we've had to step away from yes. and really think about. And hopefully now we come back, yeah. it is all crystallized magically in our minds and we will know. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to that next week. Um. So by yes. next week, I think if we can just come with a review of what we've done so far, um, where we want to go next, that's kind of what I'm aiming for. Yes. Excellent. Okay, I just have to uh, write down notes when they come to my head. <laughs> yes. yes that I'm, okay. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a really good podcast next week. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much for everyone who's listening. Welcome to what is now going to be the live updates. Um, so we're posting every Wednesday and we will see you then. Bye. Farewell. You've been listening to Pen to Paycheck Authors. Stay tuned for our next episode and don't forget to subscribe to learn how to write your way to financial success.